everyone and welcome to episode number 43 of the friday nightmares podcast on this episode we will be tackling the topic demons just in time for spooky season (laughs) Uh, i am one half your hosting team this evening mr smoke show crawford coming to you from the town of Swartz Creek in the county of Genesee, in the state of Michigan, in the United States of America, in the North American continent, in the Western Hemisphere, on the planet Earth, in the Milky Way galaxy. I'm fully vaxxed, waxed, and ready to climax, and if you can, please get me wet, feed me after midnight, and rub my poor back, because this 40-year-old is old. Yeah, so everyone who's listening, Scott just turned 42 days ago. His birthday was on October 8th. Um, I'm sure Scott will thank everyone for the kind messages, but I thought oh, yeah. it was really nice how everyone sent, left some really nice, kind messages you know, under the post I made and then a bunch of other posts too, which were very sweet. Um, but in true old person fashion, uh, Scott threw his back out Saturday morning and has been a little rough. I didn't even think we were going to record today, but it's all for Friday Nightmares, right, Scott? It's all for you. <laughs> so poor Scotty is walking wounded. This is exactly why we didn't do nightmares when right. you came up here. This is exactly why we didn't do that. I'm so glad this happened now instead of then. Like, I couldn't imagine you having to drive home to Michigan because oh. you've done the drive now. It's like, what, four hours it took yeah, you? Yeah, four, four and a half hours. Right? So you would be sitting in a car for four to four and a half hours. Yeah, and anyone that and anyone that has suffered through back pain, sitting in a car is the worst. Absolute worst. Absolute worst. Especially if you hit any bumps. Thankfully, in Canada, there doesn't seem to be too many bumps. But when you get to Michigan, we take. Sorry, I muted myself. We take care of our roads. (laughs) I muted myself. That was really funny. Um, Yeah, we take care of our roads, but not that much better. Like, let's be let's be clear here. There's some shitty roads here too, but nothing's like nothing's like Michigan. Michigan's out of this world how shitty their roads are, honestly. Yep, because I was going to say, like, we go for the lowest bidder when it comes to construction workers working on our roads, which is probably not the best idea. You know what's funny? I think your roads are scarier than some of the horror movies you made me watch for this topic this this (laughs) time around. (laughs) Um, I can see that. I think, yeah, I think some Michigan roads are scarier. So, uh, yes, we are full into spooky season. Scott and I don't usually call it spooky season, but we know a lot of people do um october is a really fun month uh around here there's a lot of people that have done their their lawns up really really early i i've seen some great i saw a great pennywise it um kind of lawn tribute thing that's been somebody put together which is really awesome last weekend i went to one of the best haunts i've been to in a long time uh yeah i wasn't expecting it to be like that um 
And it was really good. It was at Casa Loma, which is located in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's a historical site. So it's the closest thing we have in Canada to what we refer to as a castle. Um, it's quite large. Um, it was shaped and built like a castle, many rooms um, and a beautiful gardens, which is where this haunted attraction took place. And the animatronics were fucking amazing. Like I shared some videos of the dog that jumped out of um, the side thing as you were walking through and went to bite you. Like there was movie level effects that were had at this haunted attraction. Yeah, that's freaking um, awesome. When we were in line, there was a gentleman who said that he had been to both Universal Studios in California and in Florida and said that this was better. Now, obviously I haven't been to either one, so I can't really speak to it. Wow. But I I would definitely say this is one of the better ones I've been to in, you know, Canada or Ontario. Because I've been to all of the major ones except for Screamers. And Screamers is like a traveling haunted house that gets put up, um, obviously, in October. It skipped last year because of COVID. Uh, but they are happening this year. Um, but I did this one instead. So I'll probably next year I'll do Screamers. And that will be the last one I have to do for Ontario. Nice. And that honestly, like Casa Loma, that in the haunted manor to me rank at the top. Like maybe if you come out next year, Scotty, what we could do when you come out instead of going to the bar, well, we could always go to the bar after we do these things too, is we could do Casa Loma one night and do the haunted manor the second night that you're here. That would be cool. Right. So it's the haunted manor is just a little more um, longer because they have separate mazes, but the effects aren't as good. Like Castle Loma went all out. And then midway through, you get to this horror bar, which is like every vampire bar fantasy come to life. And you go in and there's all the stage smoke and lights and each table has candles and there's cobwebs and there's a DJ. And it's just like totally fills the ambiance. Like it's crazy. And then you walk under these dark tunnels that actually go under the castle that are rumored to be haunted oh, on nice. a regular day. Um, and they're creepy enough at a regular day going through them. I've gone through them like regular tours and going under them uh, with stage smoke. So you can't really see where you're going pyrotechnics. So it blows wind and cold air on your neck uh, light tricks. Uh, ho- like there was one mirror maze we went through where hallucinations would come at you. Oh, wow. So you would turn the corner and then all of a sudden someone would pop up screaming. Nice. Like it was just, it was out of this world. Excellent. And yet again, we are still facing COVID-19, right? So um, here in Ontario, you can't go to a restaurant, a concert venue, um, a gym. And I think there's something else, unless you're fully vaccinated, movie theaters, because you remove your mask in those settings to do various things. And probably um, bars too, I would guess. Bars, yes, sorry, bars, restaurant bar. Um, so in order to get into the bar, you had to be vaccinated, which honestly kind of controlled them. Like already they had a controlled number of people they sold tickets to. You had to be 19 to go into the bar. The bar was expensive. Like I bought two drinks, the beer was nine and the martini thing I had was $16. Holy which, crap. you know, you're, it's Toronto Pisces and you're paying at an attraction, right? Like, right. You know, it's once in a lifetime opportunity kind of thing. Well, not once in a lifetime, but it's something special. And so, you know, I was fine with spending the money, but it was, it was cool because it restricted the amount of people in the bar. And also we still have COVID screening. So I guess what I'm trying to get to in this long end up story of COVID restrictions is that people can't grab you. They can't come in your face. Oh yeah. Right? 
which when I went to Haunted Manor several years ago, I had a girl get right up in my face and tell me she was going to cut my throat, right? Oh, boy. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, less extreme now because they can't do that, right? right? So, but they made up for it in the pyrotechnics because dummies can get really close to you and electronics can get really close to you because they don't carry any kind of virus. So I thought that was really smart on how they've kind of supplemented and I really enjoyed that. And then yesterday I went to Boo at the Sioux with my friend's kids and I dressed up as Cat in the Hat and everyone got who I was, who, except for my mother, who asked if I was the Mad Hatter from <laughs> Candace and, well, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, your mom. Right. She's so adorable. Everyone else got it. Everyone else got that it was Cat in the Hat. Perhaps it was a tag that I used of Cat in the Hat that helped with people <laughs> getting it on social media anyway. But in at the actual park, people people got that I was cat at the hat. The couple kids stopped and pointed and we cat in the hat, um, which was- yeah, it was a cute, cute outfit. It was cute. It's my child-friendly outfit. So, you know, I have decorations outside my house too. Um, I have my little doggy. Remember last year I called it my blow-up doll? Yeah, your blow-up doll. <laughs> and you fucking died for like- Oh, that was amazing. 10 minutes. So it's the a best. doggy that's pumped full of air. Now I'm finding different ways to say it with a little witch's hat on. And I got three little pumpkins. I think Scott, Scott, I showed you on Friday, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you sent me a video of it. Yes, I did. I couldn't remember if I did or not. Uh, oh, no, we were we were video or, chatting. Yeah, yeah. We were and I was setting yeah. it up. Yeah, that's what was going on. And then I have the ceramic pumpkin that my grandmother made me also many years ago outside as well. So I so I keep my my Halloween costume when I hand out trick-or-treating or when I go to these events, kid-friendly. I'm not a big component for scaring children. I don't think it's the ethical thing to do. Like, I don't care. People can make their like places really scary and scare kids. That's awesome. Like, I'm not criticizing them. I just don't like doing it because I was a really scared child. So, right. you know, I do like to scare people, mind you. Um, just not, not little, little wee ones, but... Have you done anything yet special for spooky season, Scott? Besides no. throw out your back and kind of become a zombie? Yeah, I was going to say, just kind of walking around, moaning like a zombie. <laughs> but no, pretty much uh, I'll just be doing what I always do probably during this season. Like, unless I find someone to go with, there a lot of the Halloween events just don't feel right going by yourself. So yeah, unless well, I find- Especially because you're like, hey, have you guys watched Gremlins? Maybe that's why, Scott. No, anybody I tell that ask that I ask that watches Gremlins love it just as much as I do. You're just delusional, Heather. That's... It's true. People really <laughs> think I hate Gremlins too. They're like, you really hate Gremlins. I'm like, no, I don't. Like, it's played up for the show, but it's it's an ongoing thing. Well, you had a birthday. Yes. Let's talk about your birthday. That's something happy. You started before you threw out your fucking back. <laughs> right. Let's go pre to that. You got some nice gifts. Yeah, I ended up getting a uh, 4K Blu-ray of Evil Dead Two from uh, Mister. Neil Lemoy, aka Nudie. So thank you, buddy. I very appreciate kind. that. Uh, that was a very nice surprise. And then uh, I also got a uh, package of Gremlins 2 trading cards from uh, my friend Liz. Uh, she had already gotten me uh, birthday gifts when she came to visit back in August. So this is just kind of something she wanted me to have to open for my birthday, which I very thought was fun. really sweet. Yeah, fun little set of playing cards. It was sweet. Yeah. And I was tempted for the longest time not to open it, but I said, screw it. The longest time, me. as in five hours. <laughs> yes. That was that was a long time debating it, okay? <laughs> but uh, then I ended up, I decided to carefully open the package because thankfully it was like the old school packaging, so it was easy to just kind of open it up and flip it open without ripping it. So I kept the, the design package, and it came with a piece of gum. So who knows? Maybe if I get uh, feisty, I may eat this old 1988 piece of gum. <laughs> 
Oh man, I can't believe you opened it. You no self control. No, especially when it comes to gremlins. I just wanted to see what was in there because I used to have a couple of these cards back in the day. So it was just kind of like a little trip of nostalgia for me. So I wanted to kind of go through them. Um, <laughs> oh my God, that's one of his cats. Did everyone hear that? That's hilarious. Are they fighting? Yep. Hey. Pussy war. Man, there's always pussy fighting over Scott. <laughs> so much pussy fighting for Scott. <laughs> Smoke show is just that. Okay, amazing. he has this like fucking wizard staff he's using right now to walk around with, and I swear he's using it to push around the cats right now. Too. I am. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm trying to push them away from each other. Scott's like, I don't have the energy for this shit, cats. <laughs> I can't bend over and get you guys to move away. So damn it, just knock it off. But uh, oh, poor Scotty. But yeah, then uh, at work, uh, I got to work that uh, on my birthday, and there was a birthday card sitting at my desk signed by everybody, which, which I had nice. some funny messages in it, which, yeah, I thought that was really nice. So then at lunch, uh, they ended up, my boss, who I don't think I've ever said it on the show, but he loves to cook for us. So, mm-hmm. and on special occasions, like people's birthdays or something like that, he goes a little above and beyond. He actually made homemade Rubens, which were freaking incredible. And then... Uh, they ended up bringing in a birthday cake and everybody sang to me, except for John, who is my boss, who scream sang to me, literally screaming at the top of his lungs, happy birthday and almost dying as he does it, which was <laughs> hilarious. Uh, then <laughs> after work, I met up with my parents, had dinner at a nice steakhouse and then came home, uh, had a Skype session with you and Mr. Brandon Orlick. And we watched uh, the amazing VHS 94. Oh, man, what a great movie. Amazing hands down i'm super glad i killed a bottle of sangria during that film um oh yeah yeah then my roommate came home and we played some video games and just had some drinks and got a nice buzz on and then i wake up the next morning wash my face and throw up my back yeah happy 40th right like like i said my mind is about 25 my body is like 60 oh mine 25 scott okay 15 yeah i was like come on now Well, I am sorry you're not feeling good, and I'm sorry that you don't have much plan for spooky season. We did go on that amazing zombie 4D ride. Oh yeah. Um, prior to you know your birthday, unfortunately Scott couldn't come up closer to his birthday because of my dog's ACL surgery. A little bit of fucking razzle dazzle going on in between our time of podcasting is right. his recovery, which has been stressful to say the minimum. Um, but hopefully next year Scott can come up just before Canadian Thanksgiving and he, yes, we can uh, Canadian Thanksgiving is what tomorrow for you or is it technically tank? this weekend it's all weekend right like every day is Thanksgiving over Canadian Thanksgiving so some people celebrate it today some people people celebrate it tomorrow um I've been celebrating it yesterday and today so the good times <laughs> just keep fucking flowing here um but yeah officially Monday is the holiday so okay it's also my dad's birthday so you know Patty times all that. around. Patty yeah. times all around. Um, or he can come after Canadian Thanksgiving. Like, yeah, that is true. He could come closer to Halloween for all I give a fuck. It doesn't matter. Oh, I'll come all right. <laughs> well, if you come up late enough, we could go to the drag show that I'm going to go to on Devil's Night because that's where I'm going to be wearing my slutty Halloween costume. Though I don't like Hell using yeah. the word slutty. We'll say revealing. Yeah, I'll say more revealing. More, yes. Oh, well, <laughs> compared to Cat in the Hat, yes, much more revealing. <laughs> um, I got tickets for an event that goes from 10 p.m. till 2 in the morning. Um, so nice. I'm going to be getting pretty sloshed. And, and I uh, hope to get a random call from Drunken Heather. Oh, you may. You may. 
You may. We'll see how the night goes. I make no promises. Sometimes I'm real sloppy, like last year on Devil's Night, or I yeah, that was amazing. Kept repeating myself over and over again because I really didn't know where I was or what I was doing. I just knew I had to not vomit in the cab on the way home. Um, and I'm glad I kept you company to keep you distracted. Yeah, I waited till I got home, and then I and then I released the the evil that was inside of me. Um, yeah, which kind of fits for our topic today. You're released. Oh shit! You know you. what's funny? I forgot about the other film I watched that I didn't oh. put under older films that I should. Speaking about releasing the evil inside of me. Oh yeah. Right. Maybe I'll talk yeah. about that briefly when we get there. Anyway, we should break into our 2021s. Um, we'll start off with I'll I'll say this briefly because Scotty watched it already. Uh, Digging to Death. You were the one that told me about this, Scotty. Yep. Great film. Really enjoyed it. Um, I believe it's available on Tubi. I think. Um, where did you watch it, Scott? Uh, yeah, I believe no, it was Amazon Prime for us. It was Amazon Prime for you guys, so it was probably on Amazon too for me. Yeah, great little low budget film. Really enjoyed the main actor in this. The ending I thought was kind of interesting too. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say if you have Amazon Prime and you haven't checked this film out yet, you're really missing a very good, low-budget 2021 film. And yes, Mark Nato, I think this is the year of indie horror. And yes, Mark Nato, I also think this is the year of horror comedy. I think there's some great ones that have come out this year. A lot. We've talked about them every week that we record this show. So this is one of them that I feel is right up there. And it is available on the following iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Microsoft Store, Amazon Prime Video. If for some reason you don't have Amazon Prime Video, I do believe a rental price of $3.99 to $4.99 is worth it for this one. Yeah, I was going to say, because that just for, just to see that main actor going through the stages that he goes through in this film, it's yep. incredible. Awesome, awesome. All right, next one is Intrusion. Did you see this one? I have not. No, it's a very much a Netflix. By the way, everyone, this is very much a Netflix film. Netflix comes out with a couple of different films they make, but their horror films all follow a very similar flavor. That they do. Scary. Now, they're English horror films. I'm not talking about films they pick up from other countries. Right. Right. So I'm talking just about their English Netflix production films. Um, this film reminds me very much of Open House. It reminds me, it's a little bit better than that other one I talked about that had, what's his face taking his shirt off every five seconds? Oh, yeah. What, Prey was that? Was that Prey? No, it wasn't Prey. It was something else. It doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, I had uh, Sean Astor. Not, not yeah, Sean, but... Sean Astor Moore, and he took his shirt off every five minutes, make out with yeah. his wife. Yeah. Um, this movie was fine. You know, it's it's a very much a thriller that you can predict. Like within probably the first 30 minutes, you're going to be like, I think I know what's happening here. But <laughs> yet again, if you have someone in your life who's not maybe a huge horror fan, or they like thriller kind of mystery with a little bit of sprinkle of horror for some razzle dazzle, then I would say this is a great film to watch. Um, it's easy to sit through, not overly complicated. It has a 93 minute runtime. So if you have someone in your life who's maybe into more thriller, maybe not all the way horror, you know, they just want the tip of horror, then maybe this is the film just that the you tip. should get, just a tip. This is the film that you should get them to watch. So uh, Intrusion call it on Netflix. Nice. And the next one, No One Gets Out Alive. Have you seen this one, Scotty? Not yet. You know, honestly, Scotty. There is one movie I forgot to add to the list, so I'll have one that I don't think you've seen yet. I'll bring that okay. up at the end. Because, you know, Scotty. I'm trying here. I'm trying. I feel like you're not trying. 
You were in bed all day yesterday. You kind of just crammed some 2020. I had to cram all my podcast prep in first. Oh, um, that's so. true. Right. True. You had I, to watch all our amazing fucking films that you chose for this bad boy. Damn right. And then, uh, I did start a 2021 last night, the other Netflix one. Uh, there's someone in the house, but I fell asleep oh, nice. way through. Aww, so, I'll, so I'll have to talk about that in the next episode. Oh, Scotty too hottie. I know. Um, oh, poor Scotty. All right. So no one gets out alive. This is an international film. Um, it's in Spanish. It's basically um, a young woman flees from Mexico to America to make a better life for herself ends up in a boarding house where nothing is as it seems. There's some pretty good fucking actors in this. Um, you got Mark Mancheta, who is awesome. He's been in a lot of shit this year. He was also the main guy in um, the movie um, Alone that came out last year with the girl driving. Oh, nice. The guy that stalks her. Yeah. That's him, right? He was also in Hashtag Like as the dude. Wow, okay. Yeah, so he's been in a fair amount of films. He's a very good actor. I'm really growing a, a big appreciation for him. He seems to have it have a thing with Netflix. Netflix and him seem to be in bed together because he seems to be in a lot of Netflix films. Um, this film is sitting at an 85-minute runtime. has a pretty high rating from a lot of people that have watched it. I can definitely say I enjoyed it. It was very creepy. Um, there's a great... Um, supernatural twist to it the characters are very affable it's it's very much a very entertaining film and yet again there are two types of netflix films when it comes to horror movies the ones that netflix creates which are average at best and the international ones that they get that tend to be pretty fucking good yeah and this is an example of a pretty fucking good international film so if you enjoy spanish films and you like the whole topic of an immigrant coming to america and things not being as they seem for her good acting good dialogue i definitely think it's a must watch if you have netflix and so it is no one gets out alive 85 minute runtime doesn't under overstay it's welcome highly recommend sweet well i'll definitely have to check that one out then yeah all right so the next one i definitely did see um This is one of those uh, Amazon Prime Blumhouse uh, movies. They're they were I think they're releasing four this month, and they already re- I think they just released the other two mm-hmm. this Friday. Yeah. Uh, but this is Bingo Hell, uh, and it's pretty much about the uh, a lot of these people that live in this small town go to this bingo hall all the time, and uh, well, something happens to their bingo hall where the person that's normally running it disappears and. A new person takes over by the uh, played by Richard Brake, and he's basically, I would say, either a demon or a devil or something along those lines. Kind of reminds me of Donald Sutherland's uh, performance in Needful Things. Kind of like you make you uh, get what you want, but something bad happens to you when it ha- when it does. But yes, this is uh, it's a very slow kind of just like you got to stick with it uh, in the beginning because the first half, some of the characters are kind of annoying. Um, but as when Richard Brake shows up on screen, it gets to be a lot of fun. He literally steals the show in this. It's got some pretty decent gore and it's just, uh, ends up being pretty damn fun. Like by the end of it. Yeah. I'm a little bit different on Scott and Scotty on my opinion on this one. I was quite disappointed because the main actress, um, in it, I'm going to try to say her name properly. Uh, Adrian Barzea. Um, she played the old woman in Drag Me to Hell. And yeah, which I had no idea that was her. Yeah. And she did an incredible performance in that. I did not enjoy her in this film. Now, it could have been just the role she was trolled to prey or whatever the case may be. I found her annoying. 
I found the Which opening I think she was supposed to be. Yeah, but I found the opening dialogue pointless. The first yeah. 35 minutes of the movie, I almost shut it off. Um, I stuck it out and I'm glad I did because again, Richard Brake is uh, awesome. He did, he stole the show. You're right. He made this movie. Without him, this movie would have been a pile of shit, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Right. It's worth it. Like, and the other actors were fine. It wasn't the acting, it was the writing. And I get it that this is supposed to be for the masses, right? So like when Netflix does things like Open House or Intrusion or other films that are definitely made by Netflix, or that other one came out earlier this year, Army of the Dead or... Oh yeah, yeah right? the Zack Snyder like, one, Army of the Dead. Right, like those are fluffy, you know, fluffy light horror films, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Right, so um, it it's fine, you know, for what it's supposed to be and who the target audience is, totally get it. Um, but I did not enjoy it as much as Scott did, but that's just, you know, I wouldn't say don't watch it because of that. It's just, I found the first little bit really hard to get through. It is available on prime as a free watch. So it's not like you're going to be out anything if you watch it. And I think for, you know, maybe somebody who's into horror a little more, there is more gore in this. There's some excellent gore excellent yeah. practical effects like that also is a saving grace of the movie too it was just that opening 35 minutes that i was like shoot me this can't go on but then right. it got better so i will get yeah, it and back. um i will say they fucked up big time like the blumhouse and them because this was the perfect opportunity to add that song that i let had you listen to when we were when i was out visiting you on uh that weekend but uh amigo the devil's murder at the bingo hall yeah perfect freaking song for that and they completely missed it i was like yeah. ah, that would have been so good for that that movie right well maybe they couldn't get the rights to it who knows right, right. i don't know right but yeah it's not bad for an amazon watch it's uh it's an 89 minute runtime the first oh sorry my bad i'm looking at the next one um it's an 85 so it's four minutes ah, shorter. so close uh so close uh it's you know for a free watch on prime i think it's fine for what it is yeah i think it's fun especially like i said when richard break shows up yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's awesome. So the next one is The Oak Room, which I know Scotty has seen. Yes. So I'll let him talk about it a little bit because um, he hasn't seen a lot because he doesn't get out much. All right. So The Oak Room, basically. <laughs> he just stays ass. in his bed all the time. With his sword uh, yeah. I'm living my best life. Not watching 2021s. Yes. But uh, I this movie is about a uh, bartender who all of a sudden gets a guest showing up in the middle of a cold, wintry night. And uh, it's someone that had been pretty much from this town that kind of disappeared. And it's a lot of, it's very dialogue heavy, but it's a lot of back and forth of asking what happened, where you been, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's definitely puts uh, tension in the conversation and awkwardness. Uh, But then he like the patron tells a story about uh, like something that happens in the Oak Room, which is another bar that gets brought up that like, I guess is well known. Uh, but yeah, I'd say uh, I think you like this more than I do, but I still yeah. really dug this. Um, I thought the performances were really freaking good. Like I was like for not a lot going on on the screen, like I was captivated with the movie, like the acting and performances and script were all freaking great. Uh, just there wasn't a lot happening till I'd say close to the third act. And it was just a lot of dialogue. But yeah, I I still really enjoyed this. I think it's worth a watch to anybody that uh, has a chance to see it. Because it's. I think this one's on Tubi for me. Yeah, The Oak Room, I really enjoyed. This is very much a Canadiana film. A very much Ontario Canadiana film. It refers to common highways in Ontario. It talks about Gravenhurst 
it talks about Highway 11, uh, which is a famous highway. Like if you live in Ontario, you know exactly where they're talking about in Northern Ontario. Uh, I enjoyed the very Northern typical bartenders that they had and the kid who wants to get out of Northern Ontario. So he goes away to school because he doesn't want to live the life his dad did in Northern Ontario. Like that's a very much a Canadiana culture thing. Um, specifically Northern Ontario, Canadian culture thing. So I thought that was really well done. Um, it's not a huge horror movie. Like I put it in the horror category because I, there's some gross shit that happens in it, but yeah. you could easily call it a thriller or mystery. Like, oh, fuck, I don't give a shit about yeah, horror I think labels or not. It doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, um, I think it leans more towards thriller, but I do have, it does have horror elements in it. Right. And like at the end of the day, we, Scott and I talked about this back on episode one. I don't really give a fuck. Like if it makes you uncomfortable and you think it's horror, great, go for it. I, I yeah. hate horror police. And the longer I do podcasting, the more I hate it. Um, <laughs> when people are like, yeah, horror movie, yeah, 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 yeah. no one cares. Like the, you're not like the fucking decider of what's horror and what's not. You're not. Get over yourself. Um, so anyway, all that to be said that some people may not consider this a full horror movie and that's fine. I think the acting in it is what really did it for me in the dialogue. I thought it was a very interesting storytelling with a very simple set. Um, it does a good job of being creepy without being over the top. I think it's a must watch of the year. It's an 89 minute runtime. Um, it was filmed in Burlington, Ontario, Canada, Christian. I'm trying to figure out which bar it was filmed at to save the life of me, but I can't. Um, it is available on... Google Play, uh, Google Play United States, Hoopla, YouTube, Super Amazon Channel, Super Channel Amazon Channel, which is the weirdest name I've ever wow. seen, and apparently Tubi uh, in the United States. So, yep, and uh, yeah, I think that's uh, where this is a little bit more higher for you, is because you get a lot of the Canadian references yeah. that help make it more relatable. And I love stuff like it's true. My bias is if it's made like Brandon makes fun of me. He's like, if it's filmed anywhere near Heather, it's in her top 10. And like, he's not wrong. <laughs> like he's really not. And I ain't no apologies for that. I like when movies are filmed around me. Uh, but there was a movie last year that was filmed very close to me and I didn't make my top 10. And that was Becky. Um, yeah. It did. Though make you, it, though you did it. like it. I did like it. And I think I gave her protagonist of the year. Yes. Um, because I thought she was such a great protagonist, but you know, that was filmed literally five minutes away from my house. Um, right. And I didn't, wasn't like, oh my God, because it was filmed near me, I have to put it in my top 10, but it was a good film and I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I don't think this will be in my top 10 either, but probably will end up in my top 40, top 30. I really did enjoy it. So yeah. Nice. And yeah, the ne next one, have you seen the next one? Yeah. Cause you recommended it to me. Yes. Yes, I did. Right. Uh, so yeah, that one is The Night House, which was directed by David Bruckner. Um, and it is about a woman who is trying to uh, cope with the loss of her husband who just out of nowhere committed suicide. She had no reason, like no reasoning why he would do it. And it just kind of just happened out of nowhere. So it's basically a movie about her just trying to cope with everything. And uh, then weird things start happening at the house where this all happened. Um, I'm not going to get into too much detail because this one's a very story driven movie like you got to pay attention to it um but i just have to say the performance from what is uh the main actress uh rebecca hall rebecca hall absolutely freaking incredible one of the probably one of the best performances i've seen this year like she oh, yeah. was absolutely amazing the cinematography in this was gorgeous very beautiful uh, and just a very good scary story like i felt like this was going to be like Oh, no, here's another typical supernatural movie, blah, 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 blah. 
but then it ends up going places that end up keeping my attention and kept me on my toes the whole time. Like I, this is definitely like, this could make my top 10. I haven't decided yet where it's going to be on my list, but right now I am really, I'm really high on this film. Like it's incredible. I, I couldn't agree more. I think Scott said everything that I wanted to say. Rebecca Hall has done such thing, movies such as The Awakening, Dorian Gray, uh, Frost and Nixon, The Gift, The Prestige, and also Godzilla versus King Kong. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think she is an extremely talented actress. I don't know if you've seen The Awakening, but that's- a I have f- not. Uh, I might have. Oh man, fucking phenomenal film. Um, really, really good movie, actually. So her acting chops are pretty high end to begin with. She owned this film. This film would have sucked if she wasn't in it. She was absolutely incredible. The supporting actress, uh, Sarah Goldberg was quite good as well. Um, she was in it quite a bit and she was excellent as well and has some pretty, you know, more indie films under her which just goes to show how great indie films can be so i have nothing but praise for this film i think everyone should check it out this is a must watch of the year this is ghost stories done right yeah 100 percent agree um you are at a loss if you miss this yeah i wish i could have seen this in theater but there was only one theater that was playing it and it only did it like one weekend and i missed that weekend yeah a fucking phenomenal film this is dave c watch the night house yes 100% 100% Dave agree. Z, this is a must watch in 2021. Dave C, we love <laughs> you and watch this film. Yes, lots of love, Dave. No I wonder how, how's it. Junior doing, Dave? We're thinking yeah. about him frequently. I didn't, I was disappointed I didn't get a pick for my birthday of Junior. You know, like waving to you with like a little hat on or something. Right, right? exactly. Just <sighs> missed so, opportunity, Dave. Missed opportunity. So this movie is available on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Video, Cineplex in Canada, YouTube, and it is worth whatever you pay for it. Um, you will not be disappointed with this film. If you enjoy ghost stories, good acting, creepy sets, you will dig this. This Rebecca Hall steals this movie. I, yeah. If anything, watch it at least for Rebecca Hall because she is incredible in this film. Now, speaking of movies that are not disappointing at all. No, so speaking of movies that might actually, this is my number one of the year. It's right up there with Don't Breathe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this one is uh, a brand new one that came out on Shudder uh, and very highly anticipated by a lot of people because it was the return of the VHS series. And this is VHS 94, um, where VHS 1 was good, VH- VHS 2 was excellent, VHS Viral was blah, VHS 94 also blah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. This one like had some really good moments in it. Like uh, the first story was awesome. Loved it. The second story was very creepy. The third story had some really cool effects at certain points, really mm-hmm. bad CGI at others mm-hmm. and way too drawn out. Mm-hmm. And this was extremely boring for most of it. I didn't know short circuit was in this one though. I was yeah, really right. nice to see him again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was, this is the one that everyone was excited for. Cause this is the same director that did the cult story from part two of VHS. And yeah, it was kind of, that one was a big disappointment for me. However, the fourth story was the huge disappointment for me because it was about the Michigan militia, which are just a bunch of idiots that are like, can't trust the government, take power in their own hands, vigilante bullshit. And it was about a story that they'd get what's coming to them. So I was excited, but dear God, the acting in this was so freaking painful. 
It was horrendous. I, yeah, it was some of the worst horrendous. acting I've seen in a while. And like, I don't know if they just went down to the local, like, what do they call them? VFWs for you guys? Yeah. And they were like, hey, anyone want to be in a fucking movie? And they were like, me! Like, honestly, like, I, I don't get where they got these actors from. They were horrible. Yeah, it was painful. And, like, the story ended up being pretty dumb. Um, But then the wraparound was also just as painful as the story because the wraparound oh my was basically... God. A cheap haunted house with horrible actors. Horrible. And the ending was fucking stupid. Yeah. Very dumb. So yeah, this was a a big disappointment for me because I was excited because of who was involved and the stories that were going to be told. And yeah, it's like literally like a 5.5 for me. Yeah. It has a 3.0 rating on Letterboxd. That's way Uh, too high. Except for the people we watched it, who have watched it, Catherine and her husband, Kevin. Both gave it two stars and one and a half, respectively. Um, Tim Walker gave it three stars, and you gave it two and a half. Nobody here has given it higher than a three. Tim was the most generous at three, and maybe it's because he really enjoyed the first two or three stories. Um, Yeah, dreadful. What a disappointment. It's a shame. It really is. Yeah. Um, If you really like found footage and you're a completist, watch it, but I'd be shocked if this with the exception of the first story, the second story was okay. The ending, a lot of people didn't like, or Brandon didn't like. I say a lot of people like Brandon is everything and everyone, but you know he didn't like it. <laughs> and then he he is everything to Scott and I. Mm. Um, and then the third one I liked enough at parts. I think if they just yeah. kind of trimmed it up a little bit, it would have been better. It was just a little too long. Yeah, because they drugged that one out way too much. Right. Anyway, it's it's on Shutter. So if you're a completist, it's on all the shutters. It's also on AMC, um, Roku premium channel. But yeah, I don't know. Watch Bingo Hell. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's much better. <laughs> right. I think it's a better film. And you saw how much I love that one. So that's it for our. Well, I got that one that I didn't put on the oh, list. Uh, one I forgot to add to the list was uh, Night Books on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one uh, stars Kristen Ritter. It is more a children's style horror uh, horror story. Uh, cause it's based off of a, uh, based off a book. Uh, but it's about this, uh, kid that ends up getting, tra- uh, lured into this apartment that actually seems to be in a different dimension when he goes into it and is run by this, uh, witch that pretty much will kill children unless they tell her good, st- uh, good, scary stories. And, uh, the witch is played by Kristen Ritter and she does a fantastic job of just being like just that evil, evil witch style. Like she does a great job of that. Um, and the kid actors were really good. It sounds like it would play out like an anthology, but it's actually not an anthology. It's like the main story is about this kid trying to like write these stories. Cause he was really, he loved writing them when he was younger and then got picked on for writing them. So he stopped. So it's kind of him just trying to find like. It's pretty much a story about, you know, be who you are and be proud of who you are. And don't well, even though your problems. back is busted, be proud of who you are, Scott. I am. <laughs> be proud. But yeah, if you have any uh, kiddos that are like, I'd say the age of like 7 to 15, uh, I would recommend this to, to watch that with them. And also, if you're our age, just check it out. I think it's just a really well done movie. It's not scary, but it's got good effects. And it's just a fun, like, children's style horror movie. Like, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I, I'll watch it eventually. I'll probably watch it closer to Halloween. Because um, yeah. it's spooky season. And I need to watch as many scary movies as possible. I don't do that all year round. So no. it's really important no, to, do I. to do it now. Um, so... 
older films i watched w and w and uf halloween special 2013 yes it was okay i'm just gonna put this out there now i, I thought it was a good okay. film footage style here's the thing i i was digging the first bit I enjoyed the throwback commercials, but then I got annoyed by the commercials because they came on all the time, which I get they were doing what happens at that time in the 90s because it's supposed to be like a 90s recording broadcast. I didn't find the scares of the found footage as scary as it could have been. Yeah, I can give you that. Right. Um, But I will give them credit for doing something different. It's unique. I think if you haven't watched it, I think you're at a loss. Please watch it. I think it's worth watching and deciding for yourself how you feel about it. It will not be a repeat watch for me around Halloween time. Okay. Yeah. This one may for me because I did enjoy it. But yeah, I do agree with you about the commercials. They are placed in there so much. But yeah, obviously, like like you said, that's what it was like back then. Right. But yeah, that that does get a bit old. But I do have to give them create uh, give them thumbs up for being creative with that. Yeah, like I thought it was creative and it was interesting. It just wasn't what I was expecting. I also watched The Barn 2016, and for a low budget indie film, that's actually not that yeah. bad either. That almost I almost picked that for our uh, main topic. Oh yeah, that would have been nice. It slipped my mind like at the time when we were discussing. This, I'm but, glad like, that you just like, had an 80s fucking cum fest that we need to sit through now. Um, how much hashtag Scott loves Dario Agento and but now if I get a trivia question of name Dario Agento films I can easily name at least like six <laughs> so you know I'm definitely winning um, in that area but that would have been much better than the 80s fest that Scott decided to hey, to be fair into. I came up with this list on the fly so I was like just ones that were on the top of my head I'm like oh yeah with all, all these and Scott only likes 80s horror movies so that oh, all yeah only yeah <laughs> it's only one yeah i i don't uh i don't argue that 2010s are as good or better than the 80s never Never. you don't even like any movies from the 2010s like i've never heard you talk about any movie from the 2010s ever you're always just like can we watch friday the 13th part four again heather can we watch the oh don't worry about dexter barking it's fine everyone that's scott's dog in the background he also agrees he's like 80 movies are where it's at He's like, it takes me back. He's like, Gordon was a real hero. Gordon was the unstrung hero. And Gordon um, lives. And Gordon he lives. suicide. Hey, he, you know what he did? He was like, fuck this shit. I'm peacing. Yep. Fuck you motherfuckers. Anyway, so yeah, WNF, WNUF was very interesting. I, you know, respect for how it was made, respect for how it was done. But uh, yeah, I, I won't rewatch it personally. But you know what? It was an interesting concept. Yeah, and I'm glad you at least checked it out. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, the one that I ended up watching, uh, I've been on my, you know, let's uh, cat, like let's finish off my catalog of Vincent Price horror films that I've somehow just missed over and getting a chance to finally watch. So I finally checked out The Last Man on Earth, 1964, which I am legend the Will Smith remake or readaptation was based off of because I think the book was called Last Man on Earth. But there's been three movies based off that book. The Omega Man with Charlton Heston, Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price, then I am legend with Will Smith. Um, I have not seen the Omega Man, but I will say Last Man on Earth, way better than I am legend. <laughs> but but the doggy. I know. The doggy seems very sad in that. That's about it. Okay. Um, but yeah, The Last Man on Earth, just seeing Vincent Price pretty much play this character that's completely and utterly by himself. Like he literally it's him acting by himself for I'd say seven eighths of the film. So basically and, like Tom Hanks and Yeah. And Castaway. And, um, Castaway, yeah. 
yeah so seeing just and vincent price on the screen he you know vincent price he's he has a commanding presence oh yeah for sure like he is just incredible so seeing him just being able i would to have been banging him if i was i totally would have been <laughs> like a fucking side piece better right i would have been absolutely well he is, well, he is one suave motherfucker oh yeah i find side piece right here no problem <laughs> me too okay scott with scott we both be side pieces fuck yeah, fuck yeah uh, but yeah i loved this movie i thought it was absolutely amazing um i think i gave it a nine out of ten nice i really 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 dug this one and definitely will be a movie i can revisit of his down the road like i'm definitely uh i'm missing a few of the lesser known ones now i think i've finally hit all the bigger named films of his so now i'll just have to watch like the lesser known ones which would be fun booyah 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 that's awesome. Good for you, Scotty, collecting your little like uh, Vincent Price watch list. I love it. Good look at you go, huh? I was like, you know my love for that man. Yeah, well, it's legit. It's legit. And we both be side yeah. pieces. So, you know, that tells yeah, right. right there, you know, how we feel. So uh, what we've been listening to, this is like so vomity Canadian. I apologize in advance. There is a podcast I... called Dark Poutine. That's amazing. Legit. So it's these two dudes and they're obviously buddies and they do true crime in Canada. And they started the podcast in 2017. So I've been listening from the beginning. There's now 300 episodes and they're fucking funny. So they start off with talking about like how, like every episode they're like, give their disclaimer about how dark poutine is not for the faint of heart, da, 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 da. Put on your toque, grab your double, double, scarf down a Nimo bar. It's time to eat some dark poutine. And for any Canadian, you know all of those frames. I don't think you know what a Nimo bar is, Scott. Nope. It's a or a it's toque. a or a toque. So a toque is basically a hat, like a cap that you would wear, like like a, like a I don't know. I only call it a toque. I don't know how to fucking explain it the other ways. You know when you go to the store and you put I'll on. Look it up. Okay, remember that gremlin thing I sent a picture to you of? And oh, it a was snow like hat. A win- yes. Or a winter hat. Yeah. Yeah, we call them a toque. So. Or what do they call those beanies? Sure, beanies. Yeah. yeah. So we call them a toque. So. Um, we also, you know, the double-double is how you order a coffee, two milks or two creams and two sugars, um, whatever you prefer. Very typical, like, coined by Tim Hortons kind of thing. And a Nanaimo gotcha. bar is a sweet. So anyway, these two guys talk about different true crime shit that's happened in Canada, and they are funny. Like, you can tell they're friends. I think they're funny like you and I are funny. Hopefully people who listen to this podcast think the same. And you can tell, like... It's also made me think, you know, when you listen to a podcast and you can tell when people are in there who truly like each other, Exploding yes. Heads has this like in spades, you can tell that they truly like each other, right. Exploding Heads available on Patreon. So their interaction between Dave, Christian and Brandon is very much, very friendly, very engaging. And the same has been had when we've had all three of them on sections of Friday Nightmares. Eventually, I want to have all three of them together on with us and we do a special show with them. That would be awesome. Right? So, Dave, it's coming. So Just like me. Yeah. Just like Scott. So, like, that's an example of chemistry, right? Like, the Horror for Dummies, another oh, one. yeah. Huge chemistry. Absolutely amazing right? chemistry. Right? The Horror Returns, another one. Huge chemistry. And these are two, those are two podcasts that have been listed on the top 100 podcasts that were on that list that came out again. Congratulations to those guys. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, Lance and Brian and Phil, like you can tell they like each other. 
And when people like each other, it's, it tends to make for a better podcast. Yeah. Especially if there's two people. And that's what dark poutine is for me. These two dudes have obviously known each other a long time. They obviously like each other. They have some inside jokes and the way they talk is so Canadiana. Like they sound <laughs> like um, Doug and Mackenzie. And oh, probably, nice. Right. The Mackenzie um, brothers. Love it. Mackenzie brothers totally sound like that. And I recommend it. If you want to learn about true crime in Canada, dark poutine, you can find it on podcast addicts, Spotify, or anywhere you find your podcasts. Nice. Yeah, that sounds like a fun one, actually. Right. And and like, you know, I wanted to shout out those other podcasts, too, because all those people listen to our show on a regular basis. And, and we love them. And they're good podcasters, yeah. you know, and I've learned a lot from all of them and their genuineness with each other. You can't fake that. Like You right. can't. And I find that's what sets podcasts apart because one times when you listen to a podcast, and I think people make this mistake when they get into podcasting. They just think that they can podcast with any old person. One, I think you should podcast with video on if you can, yes, because it helps it does you help. be able to see the person, right? And to gauge the reaction. Two, I think it's important that you have some kind of friendship, relationship, talking to you or chemistry with them. Because if you don't, your podcast is going to sound like shit. It's going to sound like two people talking awkwardly for, you know, however many hours that you choose to do it for. And one of the best pieces of feedback that we've got is that we sound like we're two friends talking and shooting the shit. Right. And I think that is, you know, even when I listen, I like to hear that too. I want to hear people that aren't awkwardly pausing. When you do that, it sounds weird. Right. So. Yep. Agreed. I was saying like, yeah, like that is like the best compliment I think I've gotten. Uh, we've gotten for the show is just, you know, you guys sound like you're just two friends having fun recording together. And we know nothing. So that's the only compliment they can give <laughs> right? us because we yeah. can't even get the names of movies right. Uh, that's like true. E Eden Lake or Lake Eden. Lake Eden. Um, it's, it's Lake Eden now. We fuck up years of films. We don't know whose actors was in what. We mispronounce <laughs> names. I mispronounce names. Uh, Scott has shitty taste in films. So like really, you know, <laughs> you're not listening to this for knowledge. You're listening to this to be entertained. So exactly. Um, yeah. So anyway, check out Dark Poutine if you get a chance. Hell yeah. Um, the one I'm going to bring up. Um, well, before I talk about the podcast, I just want to let everybody know that I am still working on doing the uh, Stephen King audiobooks. Um, just got to say, the Shining, uh, the narrator for that one, has just made it very difficult. Like, he's he's good, but he's it's just hard for me to get into it, so I've been losing interest. So I'm almost finished with it. I'm forcing myself through it, so I will have my thoughts on that, hopefully by next episode. But um, So the podcast I brought for today is Celtic Myths and Legends. Uh, by uh, the co the host is Shan Ost Shan Esther Powell. She is uh, she is from Cornwall and uh, like in England, I think that's where it's from. Uh, but yeah, like um, she actually has a she. This is a solo podcast, and she has uh, she is working on her masters for myths and legends in Celtic lore. So she just does these little half hour episodes talking about one mythological creature or legend each episode with like a lot of research and everything put into it. Like she knows exact lot of what she's talking about. And she does a lot of uh, TikTok videos for her podcast as well, where she like goes to places where these legends are talked about and stuff like that. And just kind of wanders around. And, uh, but yeah, very like informative. Like found footage film waiting to happen. Right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, very, uh, very informative, especially if you're into that stuff, like like myths and legends of like, uh, especially the Celtic 
like she knows a lot and i like i've wanted to have her on if we ever did a folklore episode because like that would just be kind of her wheelhouse but i don't know if uh she will be available anytime soon because she's been really busy but yeah and i don't know if she'd want to be on our podcast we're not that good like have you she hasn't listened has she i think she's listened to a few episodes yeah oh shit okay (laughs) (laughs) but yeah if you are into like this uh myths and legends like this uh definitely check hers out it's celtic myths and legends she has 14 episodes out they're very sporadic when they come out just because she's a busy person and doing this by herself and it sounds like the editing takes a long time but yeah very very informative cool little podcast that i wanted to give a shout out to you know who else we should have on phil ray and peter baird Oh, yes. Well, I think we're going to be doing something with them at some point. At least that's what Phil Ray wanted. Well, we'll do, we, we should do something on our show with them because Phil's hot. Oh, he's like, he will. He takes the place of smoke. I don't he think is he, the true I know show. he knows that I, like I'm not his type. Right. That's just fine. But I like Phil's smoking and he's funny. Oh, he's, he's so great. funny. Him and Peter. Peter's fucking Facebook statuses kill me. Like they're hilarious. Yeah. You're friends with him on Facebook. If people aren't friends with Peter Baird and Phil Ray on Facebook, you should be. They have a YouTube channel, don't they? Do you remember the name yep. of the YouTube um, channel? I think it was called What We Watched. What We Watched. These two are fucking funny. Like honestly, you want to have laughs with two people that have a really good sense of humor. They're also two people that have chemistry. You know, yet again, oh, another absolutely. example of people that have chemistry. And I think Double Edge, Double Bill, Adam and Thomas oh, also yeah. have really good chemistry too. Like there's just certain people who, and I know I'm shouting out tons of podcasts, obviously 22 Shots as well. I should include them as well. They've been around a very long time and have very good yep, chemistry. Cinema PsyOps too. Cinema PsyOps, um, kill the cast when they were um, recording. <laughs> right not so much right now they're kind of on a little bit of a hiatus but there's a lot of podcasts out there that really do a good job of having that chemistry and i think i wonder if cinema psyops records with video on Uh, i'm not sure i know they used to record in person but then with covid they started doing skype a lot more darren and vanessa also have a lot of good conversations too Um, oh yeah but their conversations are more deep and intellectual and like very um political humor yes Right. So yeah, man, great shows. A lot of them are on the Legion podcast network. So if you haven't subscribed to the Legion podcast network, please do so. Also, if you become a patron, uh, Bo Ransdell has a new show called the dark parade. So you can definitely check that out on the Legion Patreon as well. And I believe our friend Darren Wilson uh, did a psychosemantic episode specifically for Patreon. And it's, uh, it's him talking about the politics of the, uh, one of the captain America comic books. Oh man, I got to download that. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> Sorry, Darren. I'm going to get download it right now. I'm actually going to end the show and just yeah, listen to it. We're not even going to finish the recording. Yeah, no one gets shit. Download and listen. Who gets shit what we have to say anyway? Um, but we will be back after a short break hearing from one of our Legion friends. So after these messages, we'll be right back. This will keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing... All the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com 
forward slash Legion podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon. And for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion podcasts. We appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Now back to the cutting room. Welcome back. Um, So as we talked about in our intro, our episode today is based on demons, uh, basically the demons that took over Scott's back and, uh, (laughs) and is, is forcing him to be in a lot of pain. So exercise these demons out of me exercise these demons out of scott's back so for a little bit of a fun article because honestly demons can get into some pretty heavy religious areas and i am not here to tell you what you should or should not believe in when it comes to demons so we're just going to do 10 sinister facts about staten um this is from the hashtag fact site so it's more of fun things that you know we have created about satan and the belief of demons and stuff so Satan, also known to many as the quote-unquote devil, is known as a representation of evil in the world. For thousands of years, his character has been written about across various religious texts as the enemy of God. But does Satan represent a person, or is he just a fictional character, and how did he end up in hell? So here's 10 sinister facts about Satan that you should know. The word Satan means adversary. So the idea of a character representing evil first appeared in the text Paradise Lost. Up to this point, Satan had no representation or form that had been established. Written in 1677, John Milton's poem explained the fall of man and the fall of an angel. Milton's poems bases Satan on the idea of him being a foe of man and God with the medieval ideas of what Satan represented. This was one of the first texts to help and define what Satan was. Hmm. So um, let's get back. I kind of kind of blended one and two there, but that's fine. Uh, one and two facts. So also mentioning that Satan was based on John Milton's poem, Lost Poem. So Satan wasn't always a character to be fearful of. In the Middle Ages, Satan was seen as a laughing stock and a character that was more of annoyance to God. Satan would also be depicted in theatrical plays as the comical fool, who is not only clumsy, but was an ugly character too. American historian Jeffrey Burton Russell described Satan as a more pathetic and repulsive than terrifying during the Middle Ages. A collection of writings called The Golden Legend was compiled in 1260, and they told tales of Satan's, of Satan's encounter with Satan. They spoke of how saints would use their intelligence to overcome him. It wasn't until the 1930s that Satan became, became associated with witchcraft, and this is when he started to be seen as a faithful, a fearful character. So I guess he went to school, he got himself an education, <laughs> you know, he maybe spruced up a little bit. People were like, no longer was he a laughing joke. So, I think it said uh for I think you said 1930s but it was 1430s. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure to clarify. <laughs> it was 1930s, Scott. I changed history. It took another <laughs> 5 decades for this to happen, more than that, 5 centuries for this to happen. 5 centuries. <laughs> this internet is so wonky with us right now. Oh my yeah, god. Anyway, wow. that's fine. It is what it is. Satan's number is 66666. So 666 is known as a number of the beast or that of Satan or any other demon. It was first written in chapter 13 of the book of Revelations of the New Testament. Number 666 is associated with being man's number or the number of a man. In the book of Revelation, 666 was given to the Roman Empire Nero 
as it was a numerical value of his name. He was a nasty and vicious ruler. Therefore, this is where the association number 666 and evil has stemmed from. In mathematics, 666 is a triangle number and has many properties that make it appear magical. Some people take the number association so seriously that they avoid all connections with 666 as they fear it is the devil's work. So 666. So yeah, apparently, like, wasn't there a hotel room? What movie was that? Um, was that in The Shining? No, that was uh, 284 or something like that. But uh, no, I do know like that hotels don't have like a 13th floor or a 13th room. Same with, uh, I think there's like six and like anything with the number six in it in certain hotels is avoided. Um, like there's no triple six. Yeah. And then uh, also I know a lot of people, if they're buying something and their total comes to 666, they will buy something else to avoid that. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Or they could just take something off of the total and right. work too. Anyway, Satan is one of the seven princes of hell. In 1409, John Wycliffe comprised a list of seven, follow agents, seven follow, fallen angels who were all tempted by sin. Each of the princesses fell from heaven for evil sins alongside Lucifer in the battle against Michael. Lucifer fell because of pride and he is seen as the worst due to his status in heaven. I don't even know how to say this. Bezoe. Uh, Beelzebub fell due to envy, Satan from wrath, um, Abaddon from sloth, Abaddon. Abaddon. You're so like correcting me, huh? Why don't well, you read tell- them? You go ahead, Sky. Okay, I'll read these parts then. <laughs> uh, Beelzebub fell due to envy, Satan was from wrath, Abaddon from sloth, Mammon from greed, Belphegor from gluttony, and Asmodeus from lust. How's your back, Scott? Hmm. I want to let you know mine's fine. Anyway, although <laughs> each sin was labeled from within an angel, all this informed what we know today as Satan. So I guess Satan was like a form of all of them. I don't know. Uh, Satan is sometimes used as a summary name for all seven sins. Wrath is seen as one of the most powerful sins, hence why Satan has become one of the most common evil, one of the most common names for evil. Satan has an entourage of demons. Satan isn't alone in hell. He has a crowd of equal evil and sinful characters. The most common form of servants associated with Satan is a demon. These are summoned by Satan and are usually a form of evil spirits. So this kind of sums up every single fucking movie we're going to talk about today. Yes. Um, Satan obtains these spirits from the deceased who commit sins on earth, or alternatively, they are other fallen angels that side with Lucifer. Demons are set to carry out all of Satan's desires on earth, whether it be terrorizing humans or tempting them into sinful acts. The word demon comes from the Greek word of Damien. Uh, Damon, I think. Damon, which links to the world, spirit, and guide. Essentially, a demon is both of these. However, demons will guide you towards evil rather than good. Um, then our next one is, I won't read all of it. Satan, Satan is heavily linked to witches and witchcraft. I'm going to just skip over that because honestly, I don't want to give witchcraft a bad name. Right. Uh, Satan was once an angel named Lucifer, which is kind of, we've already talked about Lucifer a little bit. More Americans believe in Satan than Darwin. (laughs) God, that's not surprising. No. (laughs) And then finally, Satan's physical appearance is ever evolving. This is very true. Satan or the devil is represented by in many very embarrassing forms across in many varying forms across cultures. Some believe that he is a force like God, but is the force of all evil. In the Bible, he's believed to have been the snake that tempted Adam and Eve. He's also been known to take on varying representational forms. 
Um, yeah, I guess like anything from a snake to a horned goat. Um, a very beautiful man. A beautiful man. Yeah, there's a lot of shit that Sajin seems to come across as. So that's interesting. Uh, we'll include the link here if you want to read in detail more fun facts about Satan and all the bad things he does, um, if you're interested. But this leads to our discussion of our movies. As I said, Scott chose these movies for our topic today. Uh, we thought that demons might be a nice, fun thing to talk about around spooky season and when they come to life. So why don't we get into our first film? All right. So if we're going to talk about demons, the, fir the first movie we got to bring up is, well, obviously, Demons, which was released October 4th, 1985. Its plot follows two female university students who, along with a number of random people, are given complimentary tickets to a mysterious movie screening, where they soon find themselves trapped in the theater with a horde of ravenous demons. Uh, so this is totally 80s Italian uh, schlockfest at its finest, uh, directed by was it, Liberto Bava and uh, produced by Dario Argento, and totally has a lot of amazing 80s American music, which I thought was hilarious, but... Uh, yeah, I, I picked this one because this is when I think of demons, like this topic, I wasn't thinking like, you know, exorcist or anything like that. Uh, that's, I would put that in more of a possession category. This one, obviously they do possess people, but they turn into actual monsters. And that's what I feel like when I talk about demons, that's what I wanted to bring up this movie demons because the monsters in this are hideous, grotesque, and bring something unique to this type of monster where, you know, it's almost zombie-like with how they infect others and turn them into demons themselves, but where zombies need a bite and you have to die and come back to life. These ones are, these demons can just scratch you or a drop of blood can touch you or something, just, just something very slight can transform you almost instantaneously into a demon. And you turn hideous and foul with sharp teeth and bubbling skin and pukey green pus-filled pockets of flesh. And it's just a very violent transformation and kind of horrific. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to have a lot to say about these movies. Yeah. Um, it's gonna, This is going to be a Scott show for sure. Um, you know, I really did enjoy this film. I think it did a great job of representing what we envision after reading that article, what we envision demons to look like and what their purpose is. Their purpose is to create chaos, to scare you, to kill you, to turn you into evil. I think the transformations into demons is the best part of this film. Uh, yes. When the first character changes in the washroom, great transformation. Um, when one of our male protagonists eventually gets scratched or bit, I can't remember which one it is, and he slowly changes and he's trying to convince his buddy to just kill him. Oh, yeah. Uh, very, very good acted. Excellent scene. Very emotional. Uh, really enjoyed that piece of it. Um, yeah, like overall, this was a very entertaining movie. It kind of, I wonder if porno got the inspiration from this i have a feeling it might have right like the whole movie within a movie type thing because yeah, yeah. Like what's going on on screen is kind of what's going on in the theater as well well and it, it porno takes place in a movie theater it's a demon yep. that comes from unseen and on the screen uh i do like how they're watching this movie and it releases the demons and the demons get released and was that the role of the masked man was the purpose of him was that they was bringing people to this theater to be sacrificed pretty much i believe so yeah. i wish they had explored that more 
Yes. And the funny thing is that masked man is actually the director of one of our other films, The Church. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You mean the soft corn porn that wasn't a porn because there wasn't enough sex in it? That one? Yeah, It was filmed much. like it wanted to be a soft corn porn? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, I did like a lot of the characters in this one. I really liked... Um, the main African-American character. Oh, yeah, the pimp. Name. The pimp. I thought he was awesome. I thought he was really funny. And he had a lot of like common sense of what you should do. Like destroy the yeah. movie would be the first thing I would think of doing too. Um, the blind guy you feel really bad for. Which um, I, that is like the one thing that like, it's totally Italian thing of just not making sense. But why would a blind man go to a movie theater? It just seems I went to blind odd. man go to the movie theater. Why you don't think blind people can go to the movies, Scott? I mean, they can. I didn't know you weird. were accessibility shaming. I'm not, but I'm saying it seemed really weird. Well, that's what the scribe videos for. That's what she was doing. Oh, that's true. Okay. Look at you, Scott. Hmm, look at that. <laughs> I was like, oh, you smart <laughs> But in all fairness, in 1985, we were not at the place where there was described video. Like, let's right. be real here, right? I get exactly what you're saying. That's a thing in 2005, but definitely not a thing. And this is going back almost almost 40 years ago that this movie right. was made. They were not thinking about described videos. So I think he was blind to have the, you know, his girlfriend or whatever she was running amok on him behind his back and yeah, him not know and all that other shit. So I think that's why they set that up. And then she was describing the movie to him. So they did, you know, tie that in that she was talking about what was going on. Um, but yeah, um, I'm teasing poor Scott today. Gary Hill's going to be like, see how they're so mean to Scott. She always makes fun of them. <laughs> well, you know, He's... I did correct you earlier, so I deserve this. Oh no, you have every right to correct me. I just like teasing you. You definitely, you read much better than I do, which is why you should just read The Shining. I know. I, if I had more time to read, well, I guess while I'm freaking laying on my back. <laughs> well, yeah, you have all the time in the world, right? No, re- reading while laying on your back like this is very difficult. Oh, yeah, because then your arms are going to get sore holding the book, right? Yeah. Right? And, it's just, um, and then it'll fall on my face and knock me out. But it's true, though. The narrator of that story, if the narrator isn't working for you, it can be super annoying to listen to. I've had to shut off yeah. podcasts because I can't stand the narrator. Um, and I yeah. like the topic, but I'm like, I can't fucking stand your voice. Feel people feel the same way about me. Um, that's just funny. Nah. anyway, back to back to demons. No, 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 it's probably true. Um, um there was one uh, demon I wanted to bring up too that yeah. I thought really was weird that it, this happened because really makes they've never explored this before, and then all of a sudden this happens. But uh the one girl's friend, uh, the other girl, she like gets hurt and like she falls over because she's getting possessed, and they knock around mm-hmm. her knock around the ground. And when they knock her to the ground, all of a sudden she like starts like contorting and a mm. demon pops out of her back instead of yes, like her transforming yes. fully, yes. which looked awesome. But it's like, okay, where did that come from? And what the hell? Okay. Like, I'm just going to roll with it because it's just this type yeah. of movie, but it's just a lot happening at any given time. But I think it really does represent the idea that demons coming to take over the world uh, the slow descent within a movie theater, the great special effects for the time, the music's great. It's very Dario Agento, produ- like he's producing it, right? But yeah. obviously he had some stake in what happened. Yeah, I think he also right? maybe maybe written the script as well. Uh, yeah, I have, like, I'd have to look into that, but. Yeah, he definitely had his little fingers in the pie there, um, which is fine. You know, it's yeah. a very entertaining film. I did enjoy it. The special effects are great. The, the demons are great. You know, what exactly you would want. You get attached to certain characters. And when they die, you feel bad. Like, I think overall, this is one of the better movies you made me watch. Yeah. 
I, I have to agree on that one. Right. Then why don't we get into the next one? Because I'm sure you have hopefully something to say, because I don't have much to say. on this All one. right. So the next movie I chose for this topic was The Gate, which was released May 15th, 1987. When Al and Glenn's parents uh, leave town for the weekend, Al uses the opportunity to throw a party while brother Glenn and his friend Terry decide to explore a hole left by a tree removal service in the backyard. When unexplainable phenomena began occurring, Terry, with the help of his extensive heavy metal music collection, comes to the conclusion that he and Glenn have accidentally opened a gateway to hell. My apologies. I meant the church. I forgot that oh. we were talking about the gate next. Okay. The church will have nothing to say. The gate I actually did enjoy as well. <laughs> All right. So yeah, this one I picked just because, once again, it's a different form of demon and also kind of pulls into uh, play the whole, uh, like, heavy metal having like evil satanic lyrics that if you play them backwards you can there's like incantations and spells to help defeat demons or summon demons and stuff so you know there's always been that huge thing with like mainly i guess christianity like always saying that about heavy metal music especially like ozzy osbourne and all them um so that's kind of one of the reasons i brought this and just kind of a different take on it and some very unique demons because these ones are truly just summoned um, cause they have to have a sacrifice, which is an accidental sacrifice cause, uh, their dog ends up getting killed Yeah, and poor doggo, yeah. um, poor Angus, but, uh, uh, the one friend is like, okay, you guys got a lot going on right now. I'll go take care of the dog. I'll take him to a vet or whatever to have him buried. And no one's, no one is opened when he's going to do that. So he comes back and he just buries it in the hole in the backyard, which kind of, uh, releases the demons themselves, which, are really goofy looking tiny little mini me monsters that yeah like i don't know how to describe them but like they they, look like little trolls yes there we go yeah like little trolls like they're just very ugly and just very tiny and just kind of grunt and wave around but like the the, you could definitely tell they were uh in some scenes played by actors in suits and in other scenes like claymation and uh like some cgi uses Yes. But yeah, for the time, like it's the way they did it, that's where I find that incredible. But yeah, I just, I've always loved this film since I was a kid, just because these little demons kind of freaked me out, like, especially mm-hmm. when I was younger. Now they look cheesy and hokey. But uh, no, the special love... effects aren't bad for 1987, though. The practical claymation oh, no. stuff is pretty good. Oh, yeah, it still looks yeah. good. Yeah, I just say the creatures themselves look kind of just goofy. They don't look as scary. But um, I do like the one thing about this one where they these are like the minions of a bigger demon. Like these mm. tiny ones are just like there, but like there is a much larger demon that looks very similar to the him, similar to them, except with multiple arms and way, 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 way bigger. But nice. I, um, but yeah, that's like the part of the demon part I wanted to bring into this one that I felt was kind of a decent topic to bring along. Yeah, I, I thought this movie was really fun. Um, I'm glad we're not talking about the church yet. So um, <laughs> I, I like the kids in this one. I did like the relationship between the little brother and the sister. And when the demons come to life, how the little brother is trying to do whatever he needs to do to keep everybody safe and alive. I love when the little demons come together to bake the big demon. And there's yes. that big showdown with the claymation. It goes back and forth between claymation. And then you see the kid like being hung upside down by a rope uh, or whatever it is he was being hung upside down by. I thought that was cool. I thought there was some very good little jump scares in this. I, I thought the whole backyard thing when they fall into the the one guy, Glenn, I think it is, or Al. I can't remember uh, which Terry. one. Terry falls into the hole. 
Um, and yeah, I thought that was really, really cool. And he's like trying to climb out and shit. Like it was a total, I was watching this. I'm like, God, like I swear every 1980s kind of kid horror movie is the same. Like, oh, it totally all is. all filmed kind of the same. The storylines are all kind of the same. And, you know, it's, there's just that feeling you get, whether you're watching the never ending story or you're watching Poltergeist or you're watching, which Poltergeist was, I think, 1988, wasn't it, or 89? I think that was 82, actually. Oh, was it Poltergeist 1982? Yeah, I believe so. Wow, okay. That was early I could be wrong on that, but yeah, I believe it is. No, you're probably right. Um, And just other films, like, they just have that 80s fucking feel to it, and this movie yes. is no exception. Uh, even the way the plot moves around, right? You kind of get like, oh, you think it's over, but it's not over. Yep. Happens in every 80s film. They're like, all right, we got 20 minutes left to go in the movie and it's done. Woo, we beat the demon. Woo, everything's good. And you're like, but there's 20 motherfucking minutes left in this movie. So you <laughs> right. know everything's not good because you still got 20 fucking minutes to go. Um, so I, I find that's very much a signature of 1980 films. I did find this entertaining. I did find this good. I will you know, say this is not my favorite movie out of the ones that we've watched, but I did enjoy the claymation um, how the demons came back and I enjoyed of course the whole like you talked about already the heavy metal thing you play it backwards and you know yeah it's like a, it's a theme way that we've heard about throughout right? our lives like it's the fucking you know it's such a hate on heavy metal it's very much like Christian activists against heavy metal but uh, yeah and it's a great pull of Satan and, and all that kind of stuff into sub into pop culture right is is oh, for sure. it through the music um enjoyed it it was fun it was a fun film yeah and um i i wanted to bring up also too i liked the when you brought up the whole demons coming together the undead uh construction worker that was found in the wall when, oh yeah i love that effect when he's coming after them and then he just kind of falls and explodes into a bunch of the little minions yes awesome that effect. is so freaky too yeah awesome like it's it's a very entertaining demon-like film but it's definitely more of a fun film it's not yes it's not creepy or scary. Now um, well, probably would be if you were young watching it. But yeah, it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so I guess we can move on to one that I think is both Heather and I's probably favorite of the uh, topic yes. tonight. Yes. Uh, and that will be Pumpkinhead from January 13, 1989. After his son dies in a hit and run accident, Ed Harley seeks revenge against the teenagers responsible with the help of a local witch. Ed summons the vengeful demon Pumpkinhead to hunt and kill the group of friends. But when Ed discovers a bond between himself and the creature, he begins to have second thoughts about employing the vicious monster, and he fights to end Pumpkinhead's murderous rampage before it is too late. Now, this one is, if you've listened to our favorite monsters top five list, you knew all of us fucking love the design of Pumpkinhead by Stan Winston. Yeah. Yeah. The effects of him are absolutely incredible. But the reason I chose this, besides him just being an awesome representation of a monster, was that, once again, this is a different take on demon. You're summoning a demon to get revenge, which is done in a lot of books and novels and stuff like that. And obviously, when that happens, usually goes wrong. And there's always some price to pay when you summon a demon. And yet, yep. this one is the same way. Like, he becomes attached to Pumpkinhead and starts... Pumpkinhead feels his pain. He feels Pumpkinhead's pain. He sees through Pumpkinhead's eyes. Like, it's just a very interesting take on, like, this whole uh, demonology. Yeah, I thought it was you become the demon. Yes, like, like pretty you pretty much become, yeah. Right, you become Pumpkinhead, right? So, like, it's, I, I always thought that was interesting, right? It's like, if you allow evil to to enter into you, kind of like what that article talked about, then you become that evil. 
Um, Right. So it's very, very fascinating. I've always been a fan. We talked about special effects already. I think this movie has a lot more emotional pull to it than the other ones do. I didn't feel emotionally Mm -hmm. attached to anyone in the other films. Like I like the kid and his sister and I didn't really want anything shitty to happen to them in the gate. You know, like I was like, oh man, they're nice kids. But like, it wasn't like this one where you see, you know, Ed Harley's son get killed and you see his grief and you 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 sense that undying pain of a parent that lost a child and is willing to do anything to get revenge and i think that to me makes this like you know leaps and bounds above the other movies like i can't even start to go on on how much better of a movie i think this is compared to the other ones well i mean and also Um, the acting in this in this film is really good i mean lance henderson's performance alone is just yeah heartbreaking and just incredible at the same time and even the kids you believe yeah. that majority of them feel bad for what's happened yeah and want to help besides the right. one asshole yeah and the one guy is like just a piece of shit who somehow keeps going throughout the movie yeah i'll say he i think they wanted him time. to i'll say i think they wanted him to last the longest so it felt more uh satisfying when he finally did get it i guess so right because you felt bad for a lot of the other people who were just trying to help and yeah and they just get sucked into this and killed right. for like when they're trying to be the ones right. helping him. Um, I do love the look of Pumpkinhead when he enters into the room. I I think his he is scary. Like that is a yes. scary demon. Um, it it's definitely not like I found with the other demons, like, yeah, like demons was scary. If I was in a movie theater and would start turning into demons, yes, I would be fucking freaked out and that would be terrifying. Uh, absolutely. But I found like in this one, he's just the ominous presence of him, mm-hmm. you know, and combined with the grief and the questioning of ethical choices and is an eye for an eye really justified and all that other stuff that comes with this film, which is really more of a deeper level about evil and revenge and all that other stuff. Excellent. Excellent. We talked about in our monster episode, you know, the special effects here are just fucking for 1989. They still hang up. They still hold up today. They're still great. Yeah. Yeah. And I love like, uh, like just going to kind of focus on the design still, but yeah, like the name pumpkin head is fitting. Cause he does look like he has like pumpkin shaped head for the most mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. And which kind of like, for me, I tie into Halloween when I watch this. So it gives yeah. me an excuse to watch this like during my time, the time of year, but like, um, but yeah, like you were saying, he is just a formidable presence that just like, creates terror when he's on the screen and i think part of that that helps is the fact that he looks so alien and thin and gangly with really long arms and like a weird shaped head and being as tall as it is because it is monstrously huge absolutely it's ominous right like the the power of it for sure and i love how like the whole thing is uh how you have to summon him you have to dig up his uh withered corpse in this weird creepy ass like field that has like a pumpkin growing out of it and yeah it's like a withered baby corpse almost and then it's got to be fed the blood of uh the person that wants to summon him and it starts to slowly grow and get taller and become the pumpkin head we know and then as we've seen at the end he starts getting the face of lance henriksen on him yeah like so i love just the demon itself is just amazing in this movie you become the evil that you summon so be careful what you summon um scott's yeah. gonna summon a better back i, I need one definitely okay. he's like i summon the power i'm gonna summon the better power better alcohol mm. and the and the power yes. to read probably being dyslexic doesn't help though like i am no. actually dyslexic so it's <laughs> yeah reading yeah. on the best of days is a struggle for me but yeah, yeah. maybe i'll summon the power of non-dyslexia to see if that <laughs> 
<laughs> I just have to sacrifice something else. Hopefully it's not alcohol. Yeah. Um, oh, oh no, we can't sacrifice alcohol. You, that would just not be fair for you. <laughs> right. I'd be like, well, now I read good, but I can't drink anything. Um, and that is the I true think, demon right there. That the, is true. The demon. alcohol like, takes either, well, that's the true punishment right there. Taking away your alcohol. <laughs> the power of tequila compels you. The power of tequila <laughs> compels you. Ooh, a shot uh, for me too while I'm at it. Right. Why not? But no, this is a great movie. This, this to me is like an example of a great demon example like movie it's a simple plot like really besides the crazy kills in it and you know lance henderson wanted to get revenge like there's not much to talk about pumpkin heads badass and he kills a whole bunch of people and he looks awesome doing it and um but it's it's a demon that comes to life in here and and the you know the deeper meaning behind it which is better than the next movie you're going to talk about Yes. All right. So yeah, I'll be jump into that wonderful masterpiece. Yeah, I don't have much to say. So you're gonna have to talk mostly about it. All right. So the next one is that Heather has alluded to because she loves this movie so much, is Michelle Suave's The Church, <laughs> uh, directed March 10th, 1989. An old got released. What did I say? Directed. Oh, yeah. Released March 10th, 1989. See, we're there both losing it. The demons have taken over. You know, yeah. I'm Friday night. So, so I'm going to start speaking in tongues. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would make this movie make more sense. So that would be great. <laughs> All right. So the synopsis is an old Gothic cathedral built over a mass grave develops strange powers and traps a number of people inside with ghosts from a 12th century massacre who are seeking to resurrect an ancient demon from the bowels of the earth. Um, so I have to apologize for right, right now. For one, I, I, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. I thought there was way more demons in this than there actually are. But uh, yeah, so that's my bad. Uh, it still fits the category. <laughs> there's demons. There's just not good ones. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say most of the demons just look human for the most part, besides the final demon. Yeah, there's a lot of procession in this film. Yeah. There's a lot of demons taking over other people. And just getting them to do things and to sound different, like aggressively making out with somebody and basically trying to date rape them or shooting themselves or kind of getting them down. Sorry. Or killing someone with a fence, like the fence poles or like killing yourself with a jackhammer, which was an awful way to die. Right. Like there's just some really, you know, the demons obviously are being released from inside this church uh, people were killed in a mass grave and they were murdered basically. So their spirits have become demons. Like this would have made more sense as a ghost film. Yes. Like the fog kind of thing. Yeah. Not the fog remake, just so we're clear. <laughs> right. The, the original, original good fog. fog. Um, but like, I didn't quite, this movie seemed like it wanted to be hot and, and like the kissing okay, the kissing between the two main characters, the librarian and that guy, that was the worst kissing I've ever seen. Oh, it like, so was. I thought the demon overtook him right then and there because it was like he was eating her mouth. Like it was like <laughs> he had never kissed a woman before or a person. I shouldn't say a woman, my apologies. A person before. Well, hey, and like, don't judge him. Maybe he I hasn't. Yeah, you know what? Maybe, I'm. you know, he was a pretty good looking dude. I'm sure he's yeah. lip-locked he was ripped somebody. Too at some point and i just don't know if the two of them had zero negative chemistry together and they i i've never like well i've case kissed people i didn't feel anything for but i've never done it in like a run of a movie screen so i don't know maybe it's <laughs> right. tougher when you're acting 
Um, though I act pretty good. I've acted in a lot of relationships. So um, (laughs) (laughs) that's true. We all have, we all have every single person listening to this podcast has been with somebody and been like, you know what? I really wasn't feeling that shit, but I made it look like I was every single person. And we all did a better job than these two that were being paid to make out. So true. So yeah, I just can't really nothing stands out like in pumpkin head what stands out to me is when they're in the house and they see pumpkin head and he comes around the corner and they like poo their pants right or when he kills people and smashes their heads and shit you know that stands out to me in the gate it stands out to me when like the big demon gets put together from all the little demons the construction worker piece and in the movie theater where she changes in the in the bathroom to the demon or when the buddy changes nothing from the gate stands out to me nothing Yeah, the, the one thing that truly stands out to me, and this is why I always... Sorry, the rem- church. My apologies. Nothing from the church stands out for me. I'm yeah. fucking up the gate and the church thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, from the for the movie, the church, um, the parts that stand out for me are very few and in between. And this is why I was like, oh, yeah, there's demons in this movie. So this is a perfect topic. And it's um, when the biker and his girlfriend uh, are at the church she gets up and just kind of wanders off aimlessly and he goes to the biker goes to find her and he walks around a corner and she's butt naked and embraced by the this winged devil looking creature which i think was the librarian the main guy yeah um and he was just all like he just looked like an evil representation of satan like the long bat like wings like horns coming out of his head but still human like in form and he was just holding the woman naked and he just kind of slides away with her i thought that like that image left that left an image in my head and then also unfortunately it was a rape scene but uh like the when he actually transforms into the the goat demon and like starts having sex yes. or raping the girl from the from the beginning of the movie yes like the girl that he was scenes. originally intimate with at the beginning yes only the goat kiss better so um the goat and her had more chemistry so that was the unfortunate part of that scene um and that tells you you had to bring that up for me to be like oh yeah the goat scene yeah yeah like those scenes were the only things that really stuck out to me like i thought there was more demon stuff in the film and i forgot that there really wasn't in this one so this did play into some of it because as we talked about in our article uh you know demons can take different shapes and forms so it took a form of a goat which we've seen before we've seen in the witch Yep. Black Philip, um, you know, this isn't a far-fetched topic that, you know, demons can take hold and shape of different animals and present those animals. So I thought that was, you know, we'll give it credit. Scott had to remind me that that scene existed, but now that he's talking about it, um, that had to do with demons. <laughs> but yeah. I, I I was not a huge fan of this one. Personally. Really? Yeah. I couldn't tell. Um, it, I didn't think it was horrible. I just thought parts of it, like, I don't know. It just seemed like it kind of, it wanted to go all the way, but... Yeah, it felt restrained almost. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I feel like where the other ones were 1980s, with the exception of Pumpkinhead and Demons, which I do put above the gate. I still thought the gate was like middle of the road. Like the practical effects were so good in it. I enjoyed the whole heavy metal being played backwards, you know, devil worshiping shit. Like I thought that was really cool. Um, I just like this church one, I was kind of like, I think they were like, well, underneath a church, what more do you want? We massively killed a whole bunch of people. What more do you want? This guy woke up the fucking evil shit. What more do you want? You know, and I just, uh, I wanted more. Yeah. Like, the and well, as we know, it seems like to be a a thing with Italian films is there's not a lot explained. A lot of it is visual too. And I think that's just, uh, you know, different uh, 
kind of hard to do with different cultures. Like we're not used to like uh, valid point. Yeah. So like I think that might be also part of it. But yeah, like this one, I it could have been also I wanted more, but also like the runtime to be cut down a little bit because it was almost an hour and fifty minutes. Yeah, it was a long film. It really had no yeah. business being that long, and they could have just shortened out some other stuff and really maybe amplified the possession stuff. I do agree with you. There were some possession scenes that were great. The slow possession was entertaining. Uh, this yeah. was a much slower possession than other films. Like Demons, it was quick. Um, the Gate, it was slower. Like, yeah. uh, I'm sorry. Or the Church. The Church, it was slower, right? So, you know, I'll give it credit for that. It did take its time with doing that, and that's great. But I, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Anyway, it was a great little 80s party that you had going on here, Scotty. Of, yep, uh, like I said. Like- Demons films. Like after I picked this, I'm going, oh damn, we could have done Deathgasm, one of the evil dead. We could have done porno. porno. Yeah, porno. Like when you brought that up, I was like, shit, I forgot about it. Right. Fuck Uncle Peckerhead. Uncle Peck oh, Uncle Peckerhead. Yeah, we could have done that too. Stop so, like, listing here. movies we should have done. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I picked these really fast on a whim when we were trying to decide our topic. And then yeah, then I should have sat with it a little bit longer after I picked oh, the topic. That's fine. You know what, though? I had never heard of the church or the gate, um, which, you know, doesn't mean anything. I'm sure they're well known by lots of other people. I just hadn't heard of them. So it was great to do them. You know, it's always good to bring new perspectives and new movies to the fold. As much as I may tease you, they weren't no killer prom. Nothing. <laughs> that's <beats>. true. <laughs> or what was that other one we watched? It was sorority that I chose. Oh, uh, sorority the row. Is it the row? Oh, yeah. It's horrible too. So like, you know, it better than those. Better, better, better <laughs> than those. Doesn't take much though. Um, uh, those are great though. So we will have one more Halloween themed episode uh, that we will be recording that will actually be released the weekend of Halloween. Uh, yeah. So we'll have to come up with a really cool topic for that. I think we have a couple ideas. Well, I have a couple ideas. I'll have to talk to Scotty about it. But for the Out of the Dark, I just wanted to, because I thought about how when Bad Candy came out recently, people compared it to that it wanted to be Trick or Treat. Um, yeah. Now there's a sequel to Trick or Treat, isn't there? Nope. There's been one in the supposedly in the works forever. I don't know if it's ever mm. going to actually come out. <laughs> so translation, there isn't one in the works. Yeah. <laughs> um so like i think what? there's a script but it's never been made oh okay so there is a script out there but it hasn't been made okay um we will be doing the top five halloween films so just to preface yeah. this the reason why we're kind of not giving our top five halloween films or talking about our favorite halloween films is because we will be doing a patreon special with mike merriman from fresh cuts and no more room in hell and uh what is the other one that he does warriors oh uh, theme warriors theme warriors dream warriors Anyway, uh, no, no more. more. Anyway, one of these nights you'll be gone. Oh, <laughs> uh, great. But we'll be doing an episode with him going over our top five horror movies. That's why we haven't done it in our Out of the Dark. But in the meantime, uh, what sequels or Halloween movies do you want to see next, Scotty? Like, would you like to see a sequel to Trick or Treat? Or do you think a sequel is going to disappoint you um i don't think a sequel to trick-or-treat would disappoint me though i do feel there doesn't need to be a sequel i feel this is a good one of stand on its own type film because obviously the power of this film has created sam and cemented him as one of the horror legends just from one freaking movie Mm. So that this says a lot right there, and you don't need to make a sequel. Um, but if there is one, hell yeah, I will watch it, and I think it'll probably be good, especially if Michael Doherty's behind it like he has been for the other films. Um, but for Halloween movies that I would like to see next, uh, 
don't have any other like sequels in mind, but you know, I'm a sucker for Halloween anthologies. So more Halloween anthologies, the better. Not a trick or treat sequel. Yeah, not a trick or treat sequel or uh, like or like small snippet like tales of halloween i want like true anthology where it's kind of like a creep show where it's like each individual story nothing's wrapping together like they're all their individual stories they're a bit longer like you know maybe four to five stories i don't want the like tales for tales of halloween and bad candy were fun but that small i guess you would say like bite-sized versions of stories gets a little uh old because you can't really develop those stories very well because you don't have a lot of time for them mm, interesting but interesting. um and also a like more just non-anthology based one that i would like to see is one where these trick or, these kids that are trick-or-treating get revenge on the people that give them garbage candy or like toothbrushes or <laughs> pennies or, or know, people sugarless that just, suckers yes or the ones that just you know the ones that the, you can tell those people don't give a crap about halloween and they're just doing it yeah. like and they're just like giving you whatever they can find like but i want to find a movie where kids are like killer kids and they're getting revenge on the people that just wrong them with their treats <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I I agree. I think those would be fun. I would like a trick or treat sequel. I personally would like one. Um, I think that, you know, you take a risk with any sequel. Uh, The original All Hallows Eve was very good. I thought the sequel was fine. You know, I don't know why they moved away from having Art the Clown in the sequel. Uh, But I thought that the stories were fine. Yeah, it was still entertaining. And um, I thought Bad Candy, Bad Candy was good. I like Tales of Halloween as well. Uh, I wouldn't mind though a sequel to Trick or Treat. I think Trick or Treat, and it's not just about Sam. Like to be honest, the wraparound is very good in that in that series, in that story, in those in that anthology. It's excellent, but I, he's not my favorite character. I don't think nope. he does enough, to be honest, to be that impactful for me. Right. I'll say, um, Lenny, he would have to be in it, though, because he is like the spirit of Halloween. Oh, yeah. I agree he should be in it. I just don't think he's as impactful as other people find him. That's right. Um, that's just for me. Like, it's not, you know, whatever. And I do, I would like a second one to help make him more impactful. It's just the same, same reason why I want a second Terrifier, because I think Art the Clown is an excellent modern day slasher. And yet again, everyone, Terrifier is a slasher film. It's a very simplistic film. You can like Terrifier and you can like other films as well that aren't as simple. Just wanted to put that out there. So um, it's the same thing. I would love to see something that kind of emphasizes him more, um, maybe cements him a little bit more in pop culture. I loved the movie Haunt and I loved the movie... Uh, Hellfest. Yes. And I don't think I could ever get sick. Oh, and there's another one as well. Is it Funhouse Massacre? Yep. Right? Uh, that came out in 2015. I love this whole, I go to a haunt and there's somebody killing people or it ends up being real. Like, I love that shit. Like, honestly, they can make a billion fucking movies of that and I'll be like, yeah, more. Yeah, yep. more. Like, I'll I, eat that up like candy. I'll, I I love them. Um, I think Haunt is fucking phenomenal. Uh it's so good um yeah like i i agree i think and i also love the house october built like i wouldn't mind seeing more found footages but maybe a found footage of like people playing pranks on halloween as a as a short as an anthology so maybe people doing like a haunted house or having a halloween party out in the woods and they get taken out taken out one by one um and then there's you know a group of people that go to a haunted house 
quote unquote, or an actual haunted house. So like one of those, like, oh, I'm just going to go to this creepy abandoned house. And then like one where they actually go to a haunted house and it's all filmed from a found footage perspective. That would be cool. Right. And they just called it, I don't know, like Halloween. Because Hell House did something very similar to that, where it was like the haunted, uh, the actual haunted attraction was a yeah. haunted place and but it was like you know the aftermath of that yeah i would want ones that showed separate events like people yeah or it could even be kids trick-or-treating and like you are an asshole to the wrong set of kids or you're an asshole to the wrong house like that i would be interested in seeing in more detail like i think bad candy was on a really good path when they did the one short story about the apples oh yeah or was it the apples or like cupcakes or something like where the guy yeah, was, it was apples i think that he was putting the right yeah, the razor blades and, uh, and candy bars, I think. Yeah, it was something where he was like being a real creep. I think that would be really good as a found footage, like, you know, these kids getting revenge on this dude, you know, or or something like that. I think that we definitely, with Halloween, you do kind of run into a couple of themes that you're going to end up reusing over and over again. Yeah. Costume party, um, you know, maybe like a girl goes to a costume party and meets a dude and he's super creepy and tries to kill them. We saw that in Trick or Treat where he thinks he's a vampire yep right? um that's that fucking wraparound story with him is fucking bomb diggity talk about getting karma back right <laughs> right um, <laughs> that's so good anyway um like i would just like to see more of that uh what i don't need more of is michael myers just so we're clear uh, right? I, I don't need more of michael myers but what i would sign up for is i would sign up for a michael myers versus jason versus freddie film Hear me out, okay? Happens around Halloween time. Somehow Jason's body gets transported to a morgue in uh, Hattonfield somehow. I don't know how we have this happen, but we do. And there's some legend of Freddy and all three of them fucking meet up. Now, this movie will not be good, okay? None of us can look <laughs> on this movie and be like, oh man, fucking, you know, masterpiece of horror. I just want to see the three of them fuck shit up. Like, I love it so badly because I think Michael Myers, who's such a slow, steady walker with his knife and his other shit going against Jason would be fucking hilarious. And much like, you know, Freddy versus Jason, let's be real, isn't a great film. No. Like no one goes, oh man, horror classic Freddy versus Jason. We watched that movie to see Freddy and Jason fight. Everyone yep. just wanted to see the fight scenes between Freddy and Jason. Exactly. And I wouldn't give a shit what fucking ridiculous storyline they gave to have Michael Myers and Jason and fucking Freddie in the same fucking timeline. I wouldn't care. And at the end of them, I want Chucky to pop up and there to be a sequel. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> because Chucky's wisecracking and Freddie's wisecracking. Yes. And I think that would be fucking awesome. Yet again, you can't take these movies seriously if they were to be created. You have to go in with very low expectations of what you're going to see is horror icons being horror icons with the budget and, you know, good enough writing that the story's entertaining. Right. Right. No one's going to walk into that and be like, oh man, this is going to be the next fucking Midsommar. Like, let's be realistic here. This is going to be a very simple, you know... It's going to be a popcorn flick. It's going to be a wet dream of your fucking horror fantasies come to life. Yes. But that's what I want to see for Halloween. If we get another fucking Michael Myers movie, I want motherfucking Jason. I want motherfucking Freddy. And at the end of it, I want Chucky to show up and there to be another fucking movie. And that's what I want to see. Uh, I would totally be down for that. Everyone would be. You know how much money that movie would make? 
Oh, so much. Not only from like us horror nerds, but then the mainstream audience that knows all those characters. Right? It would be so popular. And the reason why I chose those four is because I think they have the most personality. As much as people might be like, oh, Leatherface or Saw or Jigsaw. Nah. Nah, I could see Pinhead. I think Pinhead's too serious. That's what I say. Like he could be the one, uh, he could be the judge in hell that forces them to fight. See, then you're getting too cheesy. I know, I know, but that, that... like that's too far, Scott. I love it. Like I think Pinhead. I don't think Pinhead should ever be put into a cheesy realm. I think well, the rest yeah, of I'll say that's be, why right. That's, but that's why Hall- uh, Hellraiser three is not that good because it gets one liners and gets kind of cheesy. Right. Like I think Pinhead is a much more serious villain. Yes. And deserves to be respected more. That like, is fair. Right? I, I feel like, you know, Freddie and Jason and Michael Myers and Chucky have already gone down the route of comical shit. You True. know, like all of those movies, there's a sequel. There's a there's one in those franchises where you're like, this is just fucking horrible. Why the fuck am I watching this, right? very true. And I feel like, yes, maybe Hellraiser has for the third too, but I really don't think Pinhead is as recognizable as Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, and Chucky. He is a much more darker entity compared to the rest. He is. And like, to be honest with you, Hellraiser was a pretty graphic film when it came out. Like that was a pretty gory, sexualized film. And it was toned down for the movie. Yeah. Like it was, if they had turned it up for what from the fucking book, it would have been basically a porn. Um, You're not wrong. Right? So it's, it's what do they call it? Horror porn? It would have been like a horror porn, yeah. right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Right? Um, so anyway, I I would love to see that. I don't think we need, I get it that we have Halloween kills and I don't know what the fuck the one is after that. Oh, Halloween. Halloween ends. Fuck. I hope so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Like, don't get me wrong. I like the Halloween films quite a bit. I enjoy them. I rewatched Halloween 2018 just recently and it was fun. But I just think that to constantly bring back this, I, I would just like, let's do something fun. Right. Like, let's connect these, all these characters and make tons of fucking money and have horror fans like laugh and love and enjoy it and laugh and have live, live, love. Oh my God. How fucking basic could I be? Well, I was going to say that. The Starbucks. <laughs> well, that, see, that's the tagline of the movie. Live, laugh, love. Freddie, Jason, uh, Michael. <laughs> Right? Like, it would just be, you can't have pin, you can't have, like, choosy shit like pinhead dredge in them. You gotta just stick to some kind of, like, you know, Freddy's been forgotten about, and he needs, you know, Jason was the failure, it didn't work, so he's coming to use Michael Myers now to try to scare people, and then somehow Jason shows up. I do have one that could get added into the mix that's not a villain, Oh my god, who now do you want to add? He he would not be the villain. He would be the hero of the movie. Who? And it would fit perfectly. Oh my uh, god! Ash. I, no, we're not putting Ash. It doesn't work. <laughs> it totally know, does. It does not work. I don't know why. Jason people... goes to hell. Already showed that Jason is a cenobite because or not a cenobite, but a deadlight because he was resurrected by the Necronomicon. So see, oh my it god. works. It does not work. <laughs> Evil Dead movies yet again, they're like Hellraiser movies. They're like in a whole separate realm on their own accord. They're taking themselves way more seriously. Oh, not Evil Dead 2. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. Or Army of Darkness. The remake? The <laughs> yeah, remake, the remake of definitely Dead, did. Yeah. Like that's fucking gory. Yeah. Right? And like Bruce Campbell's a little old to be, like, I don't even think, you know, Robert England should play Freddy. Like, I don't think that should happen either. Like, I'm not one of these people that are like, oh man, Robert England needs to come back. I'm like, no, he doesn't. Find somebody else. See, 
with with uh Bruce Campbell, I think it'd be fun just because he'd be old man Ash. I just like think a... you think it would be funny because he's from Michigan and you have an obsession. Well, I mean, doesn't that that does tie into it a little bit. <laughs> but I mean, like his one-liners against Freddy Krueger would be hilarious. Yes, I think one-liners would be great, but <laughs> I think you're getting too silly now. This is why we don't have something because horror fans get too silly. <laughs> And they don't uh, want to keep it basic to the ones that have already fucked up their franchise. They want to bring in ones that haven't fucked up their franchises too bad yet. And honestly, I don't think most people know Evil Dead. My friends who aren't like who are like mediocre horror fans, like Amber, if I said that is who's, true, who's Axel? She'd be like, who? If I was like, who's Chucky? She'd be like, oh, Child's Play the doll. You know what I mean? Like, I think the average person, like that's kind of like a tier. Like the average Joe knows those four. Yeah. And then I would say like the tier down, like you got, or the tier up, you know more, you know who Hellraiser is, you know, like Pinhead, you know who Ash is, you know who Jigsaw is. That is true. Right. You might know who Pennywise is. Like Pennywise is a little more popular now because of the It movies that came out. Oh recently. yeah. But up to that point, I think if you said Pennywise to people, they'd be like, who? Right. Unless right? you grew up in that era, watched it on TV. Right. Like, I just, I think that it's just that step. That's, it's a tier higher. You know, Jason, Michael, and Chucky, and Freddy are low-hanging fruit. That's why you True. can buy their merch on fucking everything. Well, I was going to say, why that's why. Uh, like, look at this ridiculous Jason mug that I bought last week. It's ridiculous. Look I was it. just going to say, I was just going to bring up Spirit Halloween. Like, if you see them in Spirit Halloween, then they have a, then that's the ones. Right. And you occasionally do see there is some stuff for Jigsaw. There is some stuff for Ash. There is some stuff for Sam, but it's like not one nearly thing. as much. Yeah. It's like one Sam costume. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jason shit was like tons. Um, Chucky stuff, tons. Freddy stuff, tons. Yeah. Michael Myers, tons. The tons. theme music was playing the entire time you were yep. in the store, right? <laughs> Same. Like, you know, it's just, it's just the reality that. I think horror fans sometimes think people know stuff that they don't actually do. So anyway, if you want to apply something to the masses and you want to work on something that's already fucked itself anyway, you know, with it's already dumb shit that is done, you know, stick to the people that have already like, look how many Chucky movies there are. And next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday is the TV series that's coming out for Child's Play. Right. Like we just keep on and, you know, Freddy's had a TV series Jason didn't because Friday well, I mean, 13th, yeah, series Friday 13th had a series, but Jason, didn't. Jason wasn't in it, but like, yeah. it's yeah. Like, I think we just, anyway, we went down a different realm there of sequels that we want to see, but I think if we're going to have Michael Myers on it, make it fucking Halloween, make it so Friday's using Michael now to help, you know, scare people again. And then Jason gets back in the picture and wants to fuck up Freddy. And I think that'd be great. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. I have to admit that. And then Chucky pops out at the end. is like, come on, boys. And then like he leaves. And then the next movie is like, you know, or maybe there isn't a next movie. Maybe just Chucky just pops up at the end and has some fucking one-liners. Who knows, right? That would be great too. I would love but, everything about this. Right? And then he's like, and then Ash needs to show up. And now we admit it. I'll say, I mean, Ash, you did bring up the TV series. Ash did have Ash versus Evil Dead go on for three seasons. Just saying. Just saying. You are so obsessed. You are such a fanboy. <laughs> it is it is annoying. Uh, you but your it. backs, but your backs hurt. So we're gonna be nice to you about it. I don't think you're gonna be nice about it. I'm being very nice to you today. I mean, you are, you are. True, true. We watched the, movie the way together. you could have given me. Good kick, but give you give you a licking. <laughs> yeah, keep on ticking. <laughs> well, hopefully, Bat, Scott's back feels better next weekend when you hear from us when we do the recording of the top five. That will be released on Patreon first, and then we 
I don't know, maybe Scott will release it on Halloween night on the regular feed yeah. that people could listen to. Uh, we will be recording another show. We haven't picked the theme for those movies yet. I have a couple of ideas in mind that I'm going to sit on and, you know, talk to Scott about. That will be recorded on the weekend of the 23rd, and then that will be released by Halloween. So we'll have Double Down that weekend. We'll have a Patreon released and to regular feed, and we'll have our, I guess we could call it our Halloween special. Yeah, that's true. Because last we year we did a whole bunch of fucking Halloween movies, so we're kind of running thin. So I don't know what we're going <laughs> to do. Right. That, that, see, I think that was the issue. We uh, Back then, we did way too many movies for our topic. Right. Now we've now we've shrunken down the list of movies we do, so it makes it so we could always revisit me, but a little late right. for the Halloween ones. You know, we could... Nah, now we can't. People would get too pissed about that. We could do Halloween 1, Halloween 2018, and then Halloween Kills. But yeah. we'd be giving spoilers for Halloween Kills. Oh, yeah. Like a week after it came out. Yeah, that, I mean, if people knew. Yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure this all out. Well, you know how we do it. Yeah, we're very professional. Very much yes. so. We, we, we just kind of go with the flow. We don't have any plans uh, right now. We don't even know. We, half the time, we don't know what we're doing. It's just the reality. But thank you for listening. Um, and if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Legion Podcast Network on your favorite podcast server of choice, whether that be Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play. Uh, we don't usually ask for five-star reviews or any reviews because we're on Kill the Cast feed, but I don't know. If you want to leave a review, go ahead. It's nice of you if you want to. Um, you don't have to, though. I notice a lot of podcasts do that. They always ask for a five-star review on iTunes, and we never ask. Yep, I just, because I've just never cared. Maybe it's because I don't ever use iTunes. Yeah, we probably, yeah, that's true. Scott doesn't have an active iTunes account, so it would just be me reading them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just keep listening. If you like what we do, just keep listening. Yeah, just this keep supporting the show. Leave us you know, some leave us some messages or comments on our Facebook page. And yeah, that's fine. We appreciate the feedback, especially yeah. like when Xander and Dave give us our uh, like really long uh, detailed uh, uh, and Mick as Xander. well, Mick Nordine. When you guys all give us that feedback, I, we love that. We do love that. Aww. Mick and Xander. Aww. And Dave Z. Dave Z. Fluffy mm, Dave Z and his fluffy butt. And then we got Darren always giving us the wonderful Photoshop. Darren. Aww. All this love. <laughs> and well, Phil Ray with his sexiness. Mm, Phil Ray, so sexy. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and if we didn't call your name out, don't worry. We still think we, you're sexy. Yeah. We love you. We just don't want to be here all night. No, we don't. Scott has to go lay down in his bed and read. And masturbate. And... Wait, no, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like, you have the energy for that right now. You're like, mama, back. <laughs> Like, ow, 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 ow. Oh, it's getting feeling good. Ow, 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 the, ow, uh, oh, the, ow. The, the fires of the smoke show are dimmed right now. There's yeah. not a lot of there's not a lot of fire burning in those loins right now. Uh it's true. Oh, poor Scotty. I hope you feel better soon, Scotty. Oh, thank you. I hope I'm sure I will. I'll probably still be dealing with it by the time we record next week, but it'll be a lot less. No, oh, let's hope so. You know, we are hosting Mike Merriman, so this is true. Gotta, yeah, bring our A game. I may go see Halloween Kills next Saturday night. Yep, I was going to say, I'll probably try to go see it next weekend. Yeah, you know, because I can't wait to see it. Well, and we also have to talk about it because, you know, we're, we did. you did say you were avoiding the trailers for us to talk about it. Like, and That's what we'll do for our next Out of the Dark. Out of the Dark's covered. Did watching the trailer not affect our enjoyment of the Boom. movie? <laughs> Boom, look at that. we are already got our episode Boom. going. We're now good. we got to work on our fucking topic. Um, <laughs> and I think we should do something fun. Maybe we just pick two of our favorite Halloween movies and we bring them to the table to talk or about children's Halloween, like yeah. Hocus Pocus, Ernest Scared Stupid, Look, Monster Squad. I don't want to watch that shit. 
<laughs> I don't like watching children's movies as a fucking adult. I think it's a waste of time. <sighs> like if I'm watching it with my friends' kids, sure. But I, you want to bring those, you can. Sure. Oh, but then I have to watch them too. <laughs> oh, okay. we'll we'll, we'll discuss it. it more. Like we'll leave we'll this for about. behind the scenes. Behind the scenes of Scott and I fighting about shitty movies that Scott's gonna make me watch. Um, but in the Love meantime, it. happy birthday, Scotty! Oh, thank uh, you. Sorry, your back is shitty. Uh, but here's the 40 years of you being awesome and another 40 plus years of you being more awesome. And hopefully at the age of 85, I'll have a reason for a hurt back, but I'll still oh, yeah. be banging. That's right. That's right. You will be. All right. So what do you have to say to the people until our next time, which is, will be our Halloween special. So until next time, kitties, please do not watch any demon movies or play any music backwards or even like go to a church that has like all these dead bodies buried underneath because you just and if you need to get revenge do it the old-fashioned way of a slasher not summon up a demon because you know demons are bad luck but until next time unpleasant dreams catch you later